Time now to talk to Brent Hubbs as he joins us for the next hour. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com. Brent Hubbs, how are you? I'm doing well. Got a great night for high school football. We'll be watching this one close. Uh, we'll, the, uh, yes. We get to see Anderson County next week. We've already seen Carter, so uh, we'll, we'll keep close tabs on this one. It should be a fun game. This is a Carter team that's really explosive, can score from about anywhere on the field and an Anderson County team that's obviously long history and being physical and run the football and I think they've got to lean on the run game tonight. Should be a good one. Brent's got the advanced scout for the Eagles. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we might watch it. You know, we might watch a little bit of it tonight, that's for sure. And first of all, plenty to discuss in regards to Tennessee football. Um, what did you think in terms of the excitement surrounding and uh, just the incredible transformation that we've seen with Tennessee's basketball roster as practice officially got underway this week. Well, I mean, you know, that's a sport you can flip things in a hurry. Things can look a lot different in a hurry, and uh, that's a good-looking roster. I mean, that is a really good-looking roster, and, and there will be a lot of lot of um, justified expectations uh, when, when you, you look at the pieces they put together. And obviously it's a sport where um, young players can come in and make immediate impacts and uh, Tennessee's got a bunch of guys on that roster that has a chance to come in and make an impact, and then you put the Powell kid in there who can stroke it from the perimeter. And I think Tennessee was missing that. You know, they're missing a consistent outside shooter, guy who can put the ball in the in the basket from the perimeter. If that comes into play, uh, suddenly the um, the balance of this team becomes becomes different and um, it becomes uh, really tough for some other teams in the in the SEC. I, I think that if they stay injury free, I think this team has got a chance and. Here's the other thing, too, uh, is the development of this team this summer is going to be different than the development last summer because it was a normal summer. And, and they got they got to work and they got to do the things. I, I think when you go back to it, a lot of people are going to long talk about, um, you, you know, last year's team and what this and, and, and you know, they, when did they peak or they didn't really peak. That team was behind from a development standpoint because of everything they had to deal with in in the summer, and then you had the, the disjointed with the fall camp and guys having to be out for contact tracing, and then they had COVID, and then they were shut down mm-hmm. in December. Really stunted that team's growth and development. I think this team uh, will be much further along out the gate than that team a year ago was, and I think this team's more talented. Brent, I think uh, there are two really key additions to this. One is Kennedy Chandler. I, I missed the mark on the basketball team last year because I thought they could go point guard by, by committee, and, and, and that didn't work. Kennedy Chandler's the true point guard. I also think another guy that's extremely important to this team is uh, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. I think that John Fulkerson needs some inside help from scoring and rebounding. And Hatfield doesn't have to put up huge numbers. He just has to help him some. I think those two additions are key to Tennessee's success. Well, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, you know, Kennedy Chandler is – as fast with the ball in his hands, which is what Rick Barnes is looking for. He, he likes to be coached. He's tough. He can handle it. And Rick Barnes is hard. I mean, playing point guard for Rick Barnes is like playing defensive back for Johnny Majors or playing offensive guard for Philip Fulmer. It's not, it's not the easiest challenge in the world uh, because th- those guys are, are super, you know, they, they know the position. They know the importance of it. And Rick Barnes is hard on point guards. He, he is, and he will admit it. Uh, but Ken, I think Kennedy Chandler mentally can handle that. His makeup is good for that. Uh, and then I think the mid-range game of um, Hundley Hatfield is going to be um, a, a welcome addition for, for this team. Again, it's it, some floor balance. They, they, they had a hard time getting floor balance last year because you had Fulkerson, who 
struggled to kind of find his way, and we all know about those struggles, and I, and I think he was dealing with some stuff. But they they had a hard time at the 15-foot range, and then they had a hard time making shots consistently from the perimeter. Well, now if if Kennedy Chandler can can attack the rim and you've got you know three different levels, if you will, where you could potentially score out of, makes you a different basketball team to defend. And, and I think you're exactly right. It's going to give this team a lot of floor balance, uh, potentially. should make them a really fun basketball team to watch. If you have a question or comment for Brent, 656-9900, 656-9900, star 990 is free. For AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers, the toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Let's check in with Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hey, fellas. Hey. Hey. Brent, uh, how's our recruiting? What is, is anything much at all going on now with our football recruiting? And also, do you really think that Tennessee does have a legitimate shot to beat Missouri Saturday? Yeah, I do think Tennessee has a shot Saturday. I think that's a coin flip, 50-50 type game. Um, I think that there's some things Tennessee obviously has to do well to have a chance to win the game. But um, I do think that's a, I think it's a winnable game for Tennessee, uh, given where Missouri's at right now and given where Tennessee is at. Tennessee could lose it. Tennessee could win it. I thought last week it was going to be pretty monumental upset for Tennessee to win the game, and I thought it was going to be an upset for Tennessee to be in it for 60 minutes, which they couldn't do. Uh, but I don't think that's the case this week. As for recruiting, it's slow right now. You know, Tennessee's not had a home game now in two weeks. Um, they've had noon games, and that's just it, the worst, isn't it? Know, I mean, it's it's really challenging to get somebody in on an unofficial visit. Uh, or even official visit because of the noon game, depending on where they're coming from. Because gone are the days where you send the private plane and pick him up in his little hometown. Uh, when you did, when you could do that, it, it made things different. It made things easier. Uh, now they have to, if they're flying, they have to fly commercial. Well, how many late night flights are there out of wherever you're living living at? Not many. Okay, so it's really in a lot of cases Saturday morning before you can come in. And when it's a noon game, time you get here, it's kickoff. And uh, right. that, that, that makes it really hard to have official visitors in. Um, and, and it makes it challenging to have unofficial visitors because, if you're, again, you're coming from several hours away, you either got to drive through the middle of the night or you got to get home and sleep a couple hours and get up and start driving. And speaking of someone who's got a kid that plays high school football, you, you know, that they're, not, they're not real hip to getting up at 6 in the morning after playing, you know, 60, 70 snaps the night before. So, it's just not easy. Um, I think it'll pick up for Tennessee in, in later in October. I think they'll get some night games and they'll get some different game times. And, and I think Tennessee will have some guys in. I think offensively that this, this class is, I don't want to say done, but it's it's well down the road to being done. Um, I, I think if you look at them offensively, they, they might look in the portal for some depth if there were some possibilities there. They'll continue to recruit some offensive guys, but they're pretty well pretty well done um are are way down the road in in that class um maybe you know would they take another running back maybe here's the other thing too what's the number going to be like you know with that potential rule change out there what's tennessee going to be able to sign can they sign is that going to hold at 25 or how many are they going to be able to are they going to get to go to 31 32 that could change what what how many offense how many more offensive players you take 
what you look at in the portal and, and all of those things. So we'll wait and see what the NCAA says with that. And, of course, they've got an investigation hanging over their head, which doesn't help them in recruiting either. Can, can you explain that rule? Because no. uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was Sorry. talking to Austin Price on the 25, and I thought that it when they said an additional seven, you could go to 32. He said, no, you can't. He said you can only add one if you lose somebody. Yeah, and there, you, you, which means you couldn't top out over twenty five. And I thought, well, I didn't realize. Well, that. it depends on it, it depends on what, there's a there's a calendar deal when you lose them. Okay, so the, the window of when you can add somebody changes. So you got to obviously stay under the eighty five. Okay, um, then if you lose, say you lose three to the transfer portal, then you could sign twenty eight. You could sign 28 guys to, to recoup those guys who are losing. Yeah. But you can only sign up to 32. So if you have seven transfers out during that window, then you could add seven to your class of 25, which means you could go to 32. That's the proposal out there. The thing is, it doesn't. it's not retrofitted to, like, guys who left last January. So it doesn't really – I mean, so everybody goes, well, Tennessee automatically goes to 32. They had 39 guys leave, right? Eh? That's the, it's out the window. The, the window of time frame and when those transfers have to take place. So that's water under different. the bridge. It appears to be. Now, there's some talk that they may change some of that legislation around a little bit. So I, I don't know exactly how all of this is going to work because it's not finalized. Point being, there is a possibility for Tennessee to sign more than 25 if this goes through. What's that number exactly? I don't think anybody knows that because the, it's not finalized at, at this particular point. So... But that number could, if that number changes, that could change Tennessee's recruitment. I still think you're going to see Tennessee pretty heavy in the transfer portal. I just think that they need some immediate help in some areas. I don't think you can become completely dependent on it. You can't do it like you can't use the transfer portal the way Mississippi State used junior college recruiting years ago, or, or Kansas State used it years ago. Because I don't think you can build a lot of something that's sustainable that way. But you're going to have to plug some guys in and help you in some areas where you're clearly lacking some depth. Maybe that's offensive line, um, you know, quarterback potentially, depending on what that looks like at the end of the year, um, linebacker maybe, um, depending on what that looks like. So I think you're going to see them plug some guys, potentially some guys in in the transfer portal. But I think you got to be a little bit mindful of not getting too heavy in, in the transfer portal because – I, you know, sometimes those guys are in the portal for a reason, you know, yeah. and and I think that's something you have to do your due diligence on and, and your research on to make sure they fit your culture and what you're looking for on and off the field, and then are they talented enough to help you? Why weren't they talented enough to help where they previously were? Those are two things that I think you have to do a lot of evaluation on. Our guest, Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. If you have a question or comment for Brent, 656-9900, 656-9900. As uh, we saw, I believe Athens was the first stop, but the visits have started for Arch Manning. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just curious, with the fact that this is going to be now this year and next year, He's going to have the opportunity to go a lot of places. Where do you think Uncle Peyton is in terms of his influence just to say, listen to Josh Heupel? You know, I don't think Tennessee's in it at all right now. I, I don't. I, I don't think Tennessee's a factor. Um, I don't think they're going to go everywhere under the sun. Um, I, I think I think you will see him back at Georgia for another go for another, not necessarily this year, but next year I think you'll probably see him do Georgia again. I think you're going to see him at Texas. Um, probably see him at Alabama. Uh, 
we'll see what happens with with LSU. Um, and then do they get into the you know do they want to get into it at old in the Ole Miss deal or not? And I'm not sure right now they're going to take a trip to Ole Miss. I, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I think that he's I, I think they're being pretty guarded. I think they, he wants to see a handful of places, um, but I don't think he's going to be out every weekend. Um, and you know I think Texas, Georgia. A lot of people think those two may be a little bit out in front of everybody else right now. Um, Nick Saban got his recruiting pitch in on Monday night while he was on the air with with the Mannings. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason Nick Saban did that show. I mean, it's not because that's all of a sudden fun-loving Nick Saban. I mean, think about it. He took Monday night off of a week he's played. Not off, but he right. he took 30 minutes out of his night on Monday night when he's getting ready to play Ole Miss, the team that gave him the most trouble of anybody last year, to be on Monday night football for jokes and, and, and comedy. No, he didn't. He 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 was doing it because he doesn't want anybody to say, "Well, that guy's a pain in the rear end to deal with," because he's trying to recruit Arch Manning. I mean, it, it only makes sense. Uh, I just don't get the sense right now Tennessee is is going to be in it, going to be much of a factor with with Arch Manning. Could something well, change? Maybe, but right now it doesn't feel like it. If Arch Manning does not consider Tennessee, then Peyton might not let him go to the Manning Passing Academy. <laughs> I think I think Arch Manning Arch Manning might run the Manning Passing Academy when it's all said. Oh, I don't know, Peyton. My, no, no, no. You know. You're not going to be invited. But he, I mean, here's the other thing too with with Arch Manning, more so than anybody else, that the the name image likeness plan better be really good at anybody that's going to make a pitch to him, because look at what look at what that family's created for themselves. I mean, they're. They're a media mogul now. I mean, Peyton's got his own film company, obviously. Not that they need money, but they want somebody who's going to have a position. You know, what are you going to do? What's the plan to brand? What's the plan for him? Um, You're going to have to recruit him like it's corporate America in a lot of ways. Not that you didn't previously. I mean, you probably had to recruit Peyton that way, but it wasn't about corporate America. It was all about, you know, the football deal and everything that way. But it's going to be a very business approach to that recruitment because of all the business opportunities that are out there. Let's get a call from Michael. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Michael. Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Love your show, and I love listening to you guys every day. I was just uh, wondering, uh, up in Columbia when we play Missouri, it's supposed to, like, I think it's supposed to rain during game time. I just wonder how the Vols will... Pull, you know, playing in the rain. I haven't seen them play in any uh, weather conditions. Do you think they can still pull it out? I haven't seen them play in any weather conditions either. Um, I don't know how Hendon Hooker plays in, in, in wet weather if that's the case. Now, you hope going to this game you can run the football because Missouri's not dead last. They're one rung up from dead last. I don't know what the number is, 126, 7, 8. Somewhere well, they're, they're dead last in the SEC by about 80 yards a game. Right, it seems and, like. and, and well, and they're they're there's one team in college rushing. football worse than them in rushing defense. So, uh, what you hope is that you can line up and run the football and, and be effective running the football, uh, regardless of what their weather is going to be. I've not looked at the latest weather forecast. Well, I don't um, know if Missouri's played in inclement weather either. They haven't. I so, mean, it was because the Kentucky game it was not raining and. Boston College game was not raining, and they did not play either one of their two non-conference wins were, were not in the rain either. So uh, I don't think either team has played in inclement weather. How inclement is it going to be in Missouri? Is it going to be just a light drizzle? Is it going to be a heavy rain? I don't 
I don't know. I'm sure the weather people don't really know at this point in time either. <laughs> um, you know, but it's always a challenge, you know, when, when you play in, in that. I mean, it brings in a different variable of, of you know, holding on to the football. Turnovers are going to be a big factor in this game anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, I, you know, I, I think for Tennessee, regardless of the weather, Jimmy, you got to win – you got to win early downs. You don't want to be in third and long because that's when Missouri really likes to blitz. And they've been a good blitzing team. They've 14 sacks, I think, through four games. And um, they've done some different things to cause quarterbacks problem. You know, their problem is they've not been able to get enough teams in third and long to really get after them because they've just had such a hard time stopping the run. Yeah, scattered thunderstorms in the morning is the forecast becoming widespread in the afternoon. At this point in time, uh, chance of rain 70%. Uh, storms? That's what it says. That's scattered got, thunderstorms. That's got potential for a lightning delay written all over it somewhere along the way. We, we need whatever front there is to move in some different 90% direction. 90% in the evening. So so better get it in early is what you're telling me. That's true, but it's <laughs> Thursday. It is Thursday. Lots this, of things This could can change. change. It, could, it could get there Friday night. It could hold off until Sunday morning. It's just you never know when it comes to, uh, to Como. But, Michael, we sure do appreciate it. 656-9900, 656-9900. We're brought to you by OEB Law and by Matlock Tire Service and Auto Repair. Our guest, Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com, as he's with us for the rest of the hour. Question or comment for Brent, 656-9900, 656-9900. Brent, do you think Hendon Hooker starts at quarterback? Sounds like it. Um, you know, just based on Josh Heupel's comments last night on vol calls that, that he had practiced some and, and was moving closer towards 100%. I uh, don't know that definitively, but it certainly was a bit of a different picture than what Josh Heupel painted on Monday when he met the media. Um, I, I know that, that Hooker's, Hooker practiced some on Tuesday and has practiced every day to a degree this week. So, um, you know, that would be my leaning right now. I think Joe Milton's definitely available. Um, but I think if, if Hendon Hooker can go, that's, that's the way they're going to go. And it f- seems like it's probably going to be that way. I'm in the camp that thinks that Hooker gives Tennessee the best chance to win. Are you in that yeah. camp also? Yeah, I think I think that I think that was settled um, for me. Maybe even the second half against Pittsburgh, e- even though he threw the interception and had the fumble. Yeah, um, those were correctable things. Um, pretty easy correctable things. With what with the way Milton's playing right now, I don't know what's correctable and not correctable. I mean the the. The Utah pass, the shovel pass he threw in the Florida game was 104 miles an hour. I mean, it was it was like a fast pitch softball. I mean, it was I mean it, it was it was humming in there. But then he goes, he throws two balls to Valus Jones. Valus dropped one of them. The other, he about impaled it. He had to catch it, but it was I mean a great ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he followed that up with you know a couple of overthrows out of bounds. End of the game, he doesn't give a receiver a chance in bounds. So I just don't know how much of that stuff is correctable with where he is right now. I think Hooker, his management decision-making, I think has been solid with the exception of the one play against Pittsburgh. I think his decision-making has been solid, and I think he's a better runner. I think the running element that he can provide um, makes the zone read a different play, makes a scrambling play a different play. Now, he's got to learn to slide. I know some of those things, but I like the way he runs the ball better than I like the way Joe Milton runs the ball, even though Milton's got a 54-yard run. Missouri's run defense is awful, has been. Mm-hmm. Got Boston College ran for 275, Kentucky 335. I would think Tennessee should be able to run it at will, and, and in fact, I think they might be able to get away without throwing more than about 15 passes in this game. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I just 
I guess, too many scars covering this program. How many years did, did you go when Tennessee was going to play Kentucky and Kentucky was giving up 260 a game and then Tennessee would play them and they seemingly couldn't run the football and ended up having to throw it to, to beat Kentucky? Um, so I'm, I'm always in the back of my mind that seemingly is always there. I don't know that you can learn a lot, Jimmy, from the Boston College game because what they do is so different mm-hmm. than what Tennessee – I mean, they were in two tights the whole game, yeah. uh, really condensed area, tight splits, and, and kind of hammered it a little bit Big Ten style, if you will. I mean, it was kind of old school, kind of hammerhead football. Now, Kentucky runs some spread concepts that's, that's similar to Tennessee's, and they were obviously very effective doing it. My point is Missouri's not been able to stop anybody running the football regardless of what their style of play is. I'd like I would like Tennessee to be healthier on the offensive front because I think they are a better off a, a good bit better offensive line if Cooper Mays is at center and he's I don't think he's going to be there. Yeah, I was going to ask you how important is he to the I, run I game? I think he's I think he's big uh, just from the standpoint of uh, not just the run game but I think in general I think they just play cleaner play more efficiently with him at center uh, than, than with Jerome Carvin and, and I think when you move Carvin from guard to center. You, you've not helped your – I mean, it's your only option, but you're not as good at center as you would be if Cooper was there. And then now you're not as good at guard because Carvin's not there. So it, it kind of weakens you a couple spots because of that injury. Let's go to Allen. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Allen. Yeah. Thanks uh, for taking my call. Brent, I got a question on recruiting. Um, there's a couple of four-star cornerbacks out of Nashville that committed to Michigan. And uh, – uh, my question is, I know Coach Heupel wasn't going to close the state in one year, but they also got a linebacker out of Blackman last year, Colson. Uh, were those two defensive backs, were they ever interested in Tennessee, or or uh, is this investigation hanging over our head? Is that a problem? Kind of two questions in one. Sure. I just I, – I can understand – an SEC team coming and picking three players. What concerns me is I think they're all three from different high schools, too. One's from Germantown, uh, Blackman, and I'm not for sure if the other one's from Brentwood. Uh, I, and my question is, is this early recruiting, uh, you know, uh, or signing day, is that going to affect what happens with this investigation or, or so on? And I'll hang up and listen to your call. Yeah, it's not, Thank you. Sure, it's it's not gonna it's not helping Tennessee regardless of when the signing date is. There's, it's not helping there. Um, the, the one kid you're talking about from Germantown's from West Tennessee. That's a Memphis kid. He's not a Nashville kid. Um, and, and I think that Tennessee's still swinging there and and and, it, and might have a chance to flip that one. Uh, Miles Pollard's from Brentwood. I don't think Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee pursued particularly hard uh, there. I think there's some concern with some SEC schools about his ability to run, you know, just kind of how fast he is, and is the SEC the right fit for him that way. Um, so I, I don't think Tennessee necessarily went particularly hard. Cody Jones is the defensive back from Germantown. I'm not saying Tennessee's going to get him, but I'll be surprised if he doesn't visit Tennessee um, because I do think Tennessee is pursuing uh, Cody Jones, and I think they like him a lot better than Miles Pollard. Uh, Junior Colson is the linebacker from a year ago. Junior's mom went to Michigan. They're originally from Michigan. They are a family that, because of their job and profession, ended up in the mid-state, which we've seen that, for, you know, so they did not grow up Tennessee people. Junior Colson liked Tennessee a good bit. Mom liked Michigan a lot. And, and I think that 
mom and academics won out with the Michigan flavor there, and that's why he ended up at Michigan. Coaching change didn't help, you know, in the, in the timing of all of that. Uh, but that's I think that's a big reason why Junior Colson ended up at Michigan was because of his family's ties to that to that school. Alan, sure to appreciate it. Final segment for us with Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. It's Randall who joins us next. Hello, Randall. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, Brent, i got a question for you. I know you just mentioned the transfer portal. Um, now, Hooker was he was brought in by the Pruitt staff, correct? Am I wrong? Yeah. No, he came in in January um, and, and committed to Tennessee before Pruitt was fired. Okay. Um do you think that going and getting Milton is going to be a slight on Coach Heupel? I mean, because obviously they missed on this kid, and I'm with I'm with Jimmy. I just don't think he's he's cut out to play quarterback in Tennessee. I like Hooker. I like Hooker a lot. Um, I'm also a Harrison Bailey fan too, but. And what do you think the chances are that Harrison goes into to the transfer portal? And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys, for taking the call. Y'all have a great sure. day. Appreciate it. Uh, I don't know what Harrison's going to do. I mean, you know, if he doesn't play all year long, I'm certainly sure he would. Um, you know, that's something he's got to think about. But, I mean, I'm, I can't speak for Harrison Bailey and don't have any idea, you know, where his thought process is or isn't with it at, at this point in time. You know, he's clearly their number three quarterback. Um, and and I, I think that's pretty obvious through four games. Um, as for Joe Milton, I think with the departure of J.T. Shroud, uh, with what they saw in spring practice, they felt like they needed another quarterback. Um, Milton was, I'm sure, of who was available at that time, was probably the best available or most talented guy available out there. Um, and so, you know, they, they got they got him, and um, it's not it's – not, you know, translated onto the field the way anybody thought. I, I still say this. I mean, you talk to anybody that watched anything in the summer or preseason camp, and you didn't have anybody telling you that he wasn't the best quarterback on the practice field. Uh, but it hasn't translated into games. Uh, is that a slight against Heupel? Um, well, I mean, look, yeah. I mean, I guess it is. Josh Heupel's a quarterback's coach. He's a former quarterback. Quarterbacks have been successful everywhere he's been. And uh, that's a guy that's got a lot of talent but can't, seeming, can't seem to put it together. Is that Josh Heupel's fault? I'm not saying that. But he's a guy Josh Heupel took and is a guy who's not playing, you know, and is not Tennessee's starting quarterback at this point. A lot of coaches look at potential and think they can fix a guy who may not be as productive at another place. I think that may have been what Heupel looked at. He said, hey, this guy's got a ton of uh, talent, and uh, maybe I can – get him to where I'd like him to be, and uh, it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out for a lot of NFL teams, too, with quarterbacks. So well, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of it. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of things you don't know, um, you know, about a guy's mental makeup and everything else. And, uh, you know, I'll say this for Joe Milton. He had two 300-yard games before he broke his hand, before he had to have surgery and shut it down. I mean, he was, you know, he was productive. Was it as productive i mean i don't know how he got the 300 yards i didn't watch every throw you know all of those types of things but it's not like he was he did not have some production before he got hurt um and and there was i mean i think one of those games was against wisconsin you know um so there was some moments where you went hey there's a lot there you know and he just needs a new start and clean a few things up and away we go and to this point that hasn't happened yeah
Brent, what's going on these days at VolQuest? Well, obviously getting you ready for a big one on Saturday because Tennessee's got an opportunity here. I think this is a you start looking at the season, you start trying to figure out wins, where wins going to come from, that type of thing. This is one of those games where opportunity is there for Tennessee. A toss-up game. Um, they can win it. They can certainly lose it. So we're going to preview everything about that. we got the matchup piece now. We'll have everything that we run on Fridays to get you ready, the war room. And uh, we've got our mailbag podcast up right now. And we got a, a story on the run game coming up later tonight. And uh, we'll do the ten things, I think. And then we'll do Saturday morning podcast and cheat sheet to get you ready for a noon kickoff. And we hope that the weather forecast gets better. The callers kind of messed me up on this weather forecast. So I'm going to be keeping close tabs on that. I hadn't looked at it. I uh, probably should have, but hopefully the weather forecast gets gets better in Columbia from where it's at right now. We don't need any thunderstorms. Rain is not great, but you can deal with, but nobody's looking for lightning on Saturday. And is this already the most coverage that Tennessee fall baseball has received <laughs> since day, today's day one, their first scrimmage, and it moves from here? I would say I would say that's an accurate statement, and um, you know, we'll have more on fall baseball throughout uh, the fall camp. Ben McKee, who's done a great job covering it the last couple of years, will we'll, uh, – handle that task force we got some uh we have some basketball stuff up as well rick barnes comments and then uh got uh, three or four minutes of practice highlights up there for everybody to take a look at some of these new guys we were talking about right off the top of the show so plenty of coverage of not just football but plenty of coverage of all things tennessee uh taking place at fall quest right now well brent safe travels and uh, we look forward to catching up with you next week all right thanks guys appreciate it that's brent hubs of VolQuest.com as he joins us here at Anderson County High School. And Brent's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com.